Amen. All right, we're there in uh, Proverbs chapter number 23. And of course, tonight we are continuing our series called Happily Ever After. And we've been going through really a systematic study of uh, the Christian home. We spent several weeks on, a couple of weeks on, on singles and a couple of weeks, several weeks on, on marriage. And we spent a couple of weeks on finances. And on Mother's Day, we transitioned to uh, child rearing. If you remember last week, we learned about why you should have children and what the Bible teaches about that. And uh, this week, uh, I'm going to continue on in this idea. Obviously, if you're married, uh, as a result of your marriage, we pray that the Lord will bless you with children. You will have children. In this sermon, I want to talk about raising children and specifically uh, parenting children. And I want to speak to you on the subject of what every parent must do. And of course, the things we're going to talk about tonight are not uh, new. They're things that if you've been part of our church, you've, you've heard that, and, and it's good for you to hear it again. I always uh, am reminded of the Apostle Paul when he said in Philippians 3.1, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same thing to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. And, uh, you know, for me to preach the same things over and over, it d- doesn't hurt me, um, but it's safe. Uh, because one thing I've learned in ministry And uh, one thing that I've had to just really kind of learn the hard way, and it's been disappointing to me, (laughs) is that people can come to a church like this and hear the preaching that we give from the pulpit and hear the things that we teach and uh, just go home and live like the world and uh, not really apply these things in their lives. So it's good for you to be reminded and to hear it again. And maybe you're here and you say, you don't, you don't have children and this doesn't apply to you. Well, every time the Word of God is opened, it's good for you. So uh, it's always good to, to hear the Word of God. And let me quickly give you three thoughts tonight in regards to what every parent must do. And these are just kind of a basic, very just baseline sermon on the subject of parenting. And these are really just kind of the big three. I mean, you, you've got, there's lots of things that we have to do as parents, but... These three are the must. You've got to do these three. If you're taking notes tonight, and I would encourage you to take notes, maybe you can write these down. Number one, I want you to, uh, to, to notice there in Proverbs 23 and verse number 13, the Bible says this, Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shall deliver his soul from hell. Uh, the first thing that parents must do, number one, if you're taking notes, is this. Parents must discipline their children. Uh, parents have to uh, discipline their children, and the biblical method of discipline is seen there in Proverbs 23, 13, and we're going to look at a lot of verses. You'll see that this is consistent throughout the Bible. The Bible says, withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. And I realize that today people get all frantic when they hear these types of words, beatest him with a rod. Uh, but this is, let me remind you, that this is the word of God. This is what the Bible says. And obviously when the Bible talks about beating a child, it's not the same idea that we get today when you think about a child being uh, abused or beat. That's not what the Bible is talking about. But the idea is this, that the biblical method of discipline is what we would refer to as corporal punishment. It is physical punishment of of, uh, or something we would call a spanking. A corporal punishment is physical punishment such as a spanking. So we as parents, if we're going to 
raise our children biblically and correctly, we must discipline our children. And when it comes to this idea of corporal punishment or disciplining or spanking, uh, there's a few things that you need to understand. First is this, disciplining or spanking your children is an act of love. The Bible says that when we love our children, we actually, uh, to spank them is an act of love, and to not discipline them, to not spank them, is to actually hate them. You're there in Proverbs 23. Flip back to Proverbs 13 and look at verse 24. Proverbs 13, 24. And this is why it's important, because over the years I've heard parents say this when we talk about this subject of disciplining children. And parents will incorrectly say, oh, I just love my kids too much to spank them. You know, I just love my kids too much to, to, uh, to hit them, uh, to spank them. And obviously, when the Bible uses the word beat or when we use the word hit, we're referring to uh, an appropriate spanking. But people say, I-, I love them too much. I can't do it. But here's the thing. The Bible says the exact opposite of that. In Proverbs 13, 24, the Bible says this, he that spareth his rod hateth his son. The Bible says when you fail to spank your children, when you fail to discipline your children, you actually hate your children. Notice, but he that loveth him chasteneth him be time. So the Bible says, look, discipline is an act of love and disciplining your children is an act of love. And you may ask, well, you know, why is that or how could that be? And here's why. Because when you discipline your children, when you take the time to teach your children and, and, and to help them understand that there are consequences for their actions, that there are things that they cannot do or pain is going to come upon them, you're actually saving them from a world of hurt. You're, you're saving them because here's the thing. You might think like, oh, I, you know, I love my kids too much to so take a rod and, and beat them with it. But let me tell you who's going to have no problem beating your kid down with a rod. It's the cop. You know who's going to have no issue beating your kids down with a rod? It's the drug dealer. It's the gangster. It's the thug. So it's actually an act of love for you to teach your children, no, son, no, daughter, you shouldn't do that. You need to obey. You need to do right because disciplining or spanking your children is an act of love. He that spareth his rod hateth the son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him be times. That word chasten means to restrain or to moderate a bad behavior. The Bible teaches that the purpose of spanking your child is to chasten. It's to restrain, it's to moderate their bad behavior. So disciplining or spanking your children is an act of love. But secondly, I want you to notice here in this verse, not only is it an act of love, but disciplining or spanking your children needs to start early in life. It needs to start early. Notice there again, verse 24, he that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him. Notice this word, be times. That word be times means early in time or early in in life. And disciplining or spanking your children is something that needs to start early in life. Go to Proverbs chapter 19, if you would. Proverbs chapter 19, look at verse 18. And I realize you, if you came to Verity Baptist Church, you've heard this. Uh, But look, this is something that our society is completely against today. Our society says, don't spank your children, don't do corporal punishments, you need to use timeouts, or you need to use all these other things. But let me tell you something, that's, a reason, that's the reason that the kids in our society are a mess. 
I mean, the truth of the matter is that we lived in a much better society, and this country was a much better country when kids got beat by their parents. When parents chastened their children, spanked their children, disciplined their children, whatever you want to call it, it was a much better product that was being put out by the parents. And look, you, it's an act of love, but you've got to start early. Proverbs 19 and verse 18, the Bible says, Chasten thy son while there is hope. And let not thy soul spare for his crime. The truth is this, your children can get too old to where there is no hope of changing them. It's gone. And here's what happens when you, you get the people that say, I'm not going to spank my children, I love them too much to spank them. And then that, that three-year-old that they're not disciplining becomes a 13-year-old that is undisciplined and a 23-year-old and a 33-year-old that is undisciplined. And then they're trying to change them and they're trying to, to, to bring them to church and they're trying to discipline. But look, it's too late. You've got to chasten your son while there is hope, the Bible says. You've got to start early. You've got to start beat times. Now, obviously, and let me just you know, give all the disclaimers, disciplining should be done in a way that is age-appropriate. Obviously, the way you discipline a 13-year-old is going to be much different, or a 10-year-old or a 9-year-old is going to be much different than how you discipline a 3-year-old or a 5-year-old. You've got to, of course, have some common sense when it comes to that. For example, a one-year-old, and you say, a one-year-old? Yeah, you got to start early. Chasing them be times. You know, a, a, a one-year-old, a one-and-a-half-year-old, a two-year-old, you know, you might start uh, uh, disciplining a, a, a one-year-old. You say, How, well, what does that look like? It might look like a soft pat on the hand. You know, it'll look like a soft pat on the thigh. Look, by the time you realize that they know that what the word no means, and they know that they're disobeying when you say no. You know, they're a little one-year-old, a little one-and-a-half-year-old, and they're doing something, and you say no, and, 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 you know, they stop. As soon as you look away, they start back up, and they're like... You know, you look back at them, and they're like, look, by, by the time you realize, hey, this kid's smarter than he looks, he knows that he's disobeying, then you got to start disciplining. But obviously, you're going to take your belt out and spank a one-year-old, but a little pat on the hand, a little pat on the thigh, you know, as they get older, the, the spankings are going to become a little more serious. you got to have uh, uh, age-appropriate uh, spankings. How you discipline a one-year-old is going to be radically different than a five-year-old or a nine-year-old, but you've got to uh, start early. And really, when you're spanking a little one-and-a-half-year-old and you're patting them on on the thigh, it doesn't even hurt them. It, it's, it's more just a, a principle for them. You know, they start crying, but it's like you don't even hurt them. They're just offended that, that you would say no. But listen, you got to start saying no. Amen. And you got to start setting boundaries. And you got to start early. While there is hope, let not thy soul spare for his crime. So disciplining is an act of love, and disciplining needs to start early in life. But let me say this thirdly. You're there in Proverbs 19. Look at verse 18. Notice the Bible says, Chasten thy son while there is hope. Notice these words. And let not thy soul spare for his crime. Disciplining or spanking your children should cause pain, but not injury. And I always want to emphasize this because there's, there's these two extremes that people tend to take. One extreme is where parents are just, you know, beating their children down to the point where it's like, no, like, this is, you're, you're crossing lines here that are inappropriate. Obviously, look, 
you should not be injuring your children when you spank them. But also, then there's this other extreme that is like you pat them, you know, through jeans and a, and a pull-up, and they're like tickled when you spank them, and they're laughing and giggling. And it's like, that doesn't work either. Look, the point of a spanking is that it causes pain. It's supposed to hurt them. Let not thy soul spare for his crying. But you're not supposed to injure them. You need to make sure when you're disciplining your children and spanking your children that it is appropriate. We often teach uh, uh, young parents, you know, and, and all parents that, you know, you should be careful how you discipline your children. And, and look, we teach here, you should never hit your children. Uh, you should never hit your children uh, with a closed fist. Uh, you should never hit them uh, on the face. You know, an and appropriate spanking I've taught through the years is done on the bottom or, or, on, uh, or on the thighs for maybe a smaller child. And, and, and I always say, say the same thing, and this is what I was taught. You know, God put an area on the body of a child uh, on their bottom, and there's a little extra cushion there, and there's a lot of nerve endings, and it's a good place to administer a good solid spanking. So when you spank your, your children, it should hurt. It should hurt them. That's the point. But it should not injure them. So look, if you're causing a bunch of bruising, if, if they're limping, that, those are not good signs, all right? Uh, one thing that, uh, that, that my wife uh, uh, taught me and, and told me about is, you know, uh, to, to try it on yourself first, you know, spank yourself first, you know, before you go and do something to your kid, do it on yourself. Look, if you start crying, then, and, you know, then you, then you have to, like, consider, okay, is this too much, you know? Um, but disciplining your children it should cause pain because the whole point is that you want to deter them from doing something wrong. And this is very important, and I, and I hope you, can, you, you understand this. The purpose of spanking is to break their will, to break their desire to want to disobey and to want to do wrong, to want to sin. But it's not to break their spirit. See, sometimes you, you meet these kids and they've got like this broken spirit where they're just like, they don't look anybody in the eye, they never talk, they're just, and, and you know, you wonder like, is this kid being abused? Obviously, you know, if you're, if you're disciplining your kids and it's bringing that effect out, like you are doing something very, very wrong. We don't want to break their spirit, but we do want to break their will to do wrong. We do want to make it in their minds where it's not worth it. It's not worth it to disobey mom. It's not worth it to disobey dad. It's not worth it to do uh, that uh, action that I was told not to do. So we should discipline them, and it should cause pain, but not injury. So it's an act of love, and it needs to start early. It should cause pain, uh, but not injury. Uh, But let me say this. Disciplining your children is, like I said, a needed deterrent. Your kids need to be disciplined, they need to be spanked by you. Let's just run a few verses here in Proverbs. Look at Proverbs 22, Proverbs chapter 22, and look at verse 15. Proverbs 22 and verse 15. You know, let me just, let me just tell you some things about your kids, okay? Number one, your children are sinners. My children are sinners. They're all sinners, and they are naturally bad. Proverbs 22, 15. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. No kids are born good. They're all born sinners. No kids are born 
just well-behaved and well-mannered and, and respectful. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Go to Proverbs 23, look at verse 14. Not only are children sinners and they're naturally bad, but children are sinners and they will naturally go down the wrong path. Do you realize that all children will naturally go down the wrong path? Proverbs 23, 14. Thou shalt beat him with the rod, notice, and shalt deliver his soul from hell. Children are sinners and they need to be trained. Go to Proverbs 29. Look at verse 17. Proverbs 29, verse 17. The Bible says, Correct thy son. Proverbs 29, 17. Correct thy son and he shall give thee rest. Not stress. He'll give you rest, yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Keep your place there in Proverbs. We're going to come back to it. Most of the stuff we're going to look at tonight is in Proverbs. But go with me, if you would, to the book of Ephesians, the New Testament book of Ephesians, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, you're there in Proverbs. Look at e Keep your place in Proverbs. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. Do me a favor, put a ribbon or a bookmark or something there in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. So when it comes to disciplining your children, it's, you, you need to realize that it's an act of love. It needs to start early in life. It should cause pain, but not injury. It's a needed deterrent. Your children need it. And uh, lastly, when it comes to discipline, let me say this. Disciplining your children needs to be done in the right spirit. Ephesians 6 and verse 4 says this, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You need to make sure that when you discipline your children that you yourself are in the right spirit. We should not discipline our children out of anger. We should not discipline our children and just be out of control. When you discipline your children, you should be completely in control, completely uh, uh, calm and, and cool. And it shouldn't be this reaction where the, your kids just upset you so much and you're just so angry. No, it should be a purposeful act where you're teaching your kids a lesson. Hey, we had a rule. You were told a certain thing. You disobeyed that, son. You disobeyed that, daughter. So now you need to learn that there are consequences and there is a very specific action that is performed. It needs to be done in the right spirit. Amen. And be careful about not just being this parent that the only time you discipline your kids is when they piss you off enough and you get angry enough and you're just out of control. That is not proper discipline. It's an act of love. It's something you do on purpose. It's something you do to deter them from going the wrong way. You don't want to provoke your children to wrath. Now, do me a favor. Put a ribbon or something there in Ephesians chapter 6 because we're going to come back to it. Go back to Proverbs if you would. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Go, go to Colossians real quickly. Keep your finger right there in Ephesians. We're going to come back to it. But go to Colossians just real quick. Let me show you this other verse. Colossians chapter 3. You're there in Ephesians. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3.21. Here's another verse. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. So we need to make sure that we are disciplining our children, but we need to make sure that we are disciplining them in the right spirit, in the right attitude, uh, in the right way. Now, go back to Proverbs 22, and let me just say this. Here's the thing about discipline. Here's the thing about spanking your children. It works. I mean, everything is like we talked about this morning. Everything the Bible says works. It works if you do it. I'm here to tell you something. I promise you, I promise you, 
If you spank your children in the appropriate way, in a way that is appropriate and loving to teach them respect and love for, your, uh, for authority, your kids will be good. And look, please, please understand this, because over the years I've had so many people say this to me. And, and you know, they'll, they'll look at my kids, and, and look, my kids are sinners just like anybody else's kids. They are foolishness and bound in the heart of the child just like anybody else's kids, my kids included. You know, I do not have this idea that my kids are perfect or whatever. They are sinners just like you and just like your kids. But I will say this, my kids are very well behaved. I mean, everywhere I go, I, I, I take my kids with me places, and people are constantly giving us compliments about, like, I can't believe, because we have six kids. I mean, in a couple of weeks, my wife and I are taking our kids with us. Uh, I'm taking my whole family to New Jersey, uh, to New York, and, and we're going to go to Washington, D.C., and I'm going to take the whole family out there. And, you know, sometimes you say that to somebody, and they're like, aren't you worried? Aren't you worried to be traveling with all those kids? Well, I'm not worried because I'm traveling with my kids. If I was traveling with your kids, I'd be worried. But I'm not traveling with your kids. I'm traveling with my kids. And here's what people say. People say, like, well, your kids must just be, you know, well-mannered, and they're just, they're not like my kids. Listen to me. Well-behaved children are well-behaved because they're disciplined. Children that are not well-behaved are not well-behaved for one reason. It's not their temperament. It's not that they're more this or more that. It's not that there's this gene that makes them good. They're not well-behaved for one reason. They're not getting disciplined. They're not getting disciplined, or they're not getting disciplined enough, or they're not getting disciplined consistently. Something is failing. And look, please don't take this the wrong way, but I'm going to tell you something. If my kids grew up in your home, they'd be as big as brats as your kids. And if your kids grew up in my home, they'd be good. I don't think you should say that. I'm just telling you something. Spanking works. And if your kids aren't good, it's because you're not doing your job. If your kids aren't well-behaved, it's because you're not doing it right. If your kids are just out of control and an embarrassment, it's because you aren't spanking them. Don't make excuses. Oh, no, it's just they're, they're sinners. They're all sinners, every single one of them. I'm just here to tell you something. I promise you, I promise you it works. I mean, I believe in it. My wife and I believe in it. We practice it. We spank our children. Sometimes our kids are being bad and out of control, and it's like we finally spank them, and they're just like, literally, it's just like, like, like you beat the devil out of them or something. It's just like, instantly, and they're loving, and they want to be around you. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, why did I even wait? So I should have just spanked them like 20 minutes ago. I'm here to tell you something. It works if you do it. Do you know what I found? Is that most parents... Most Christian parents, most independent fundamental Baptist parents, and probably even most parents in this church aren't spanking their children. They're yelling at their children. They're throwing stuff at their children. They're cussing at their children. But they're not biblically getting up in a controlled manner saying, now listen, honey, now listen, son, you were told not to do that. Go to your room. You're going to be disciplined now. Take a few minutes to cool down. Walk in and say, what, did you, what were you told? I was told not to X, Y, and Z. What did you do? I did X, Y, and Z. What is the punishment? I'm going to get a spanking. And then you take them, and in a calm, in a cool uh, uh, way, you put them over your lap, and you administer a spanking, and it hurts, and there's pain, and they cry, and then you hug them, and then you pray with them. That is not happening in the average home. And then you're like, I don't know why my kids are so bad. Your kids must just be good because they're, they're, you've got some special gene. No. They're good because they have a mom and dad that works at it. Discipline works. 
Look, just mark it down. When you see children that are out of control, they are not being disciplined, period, end of story. There's nothing else to do with it. Are you going to be like the centurion this morning and just believe the word of God? Say, look, the Bible's true every time. The Bible's true every time. Everything the Bible says is true. And if you do this with your kids, it will be true. So spank your children. If not for yourself, for the rest of us that have to put up with them. So number one, parents must discipline their children. Number two, parents must disciple their children. It's not enough to just discipline your children. In fact, if all you ever do is discipline your children, and that's all you ever do, they may be well-behaved, but they still may grow up and rebel against you. Because that's not the only thing that you're required to do as a Christian parent. Yes, you must discipline your children, but there's something else that's equally as important, and it's to disciple your children. We as parents must train our children. Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. Look at verse 6. Go back to Proverbs if you're not there. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. The Bible says that our job is to train our children. The word train is defined as to teach through instruction over a period of time. Look, it's not enough to clothe your children. It's not enough to feed your children. It's not enough to house your children. Those are just the things. You just, you just have to do that just to not get uh, you know, CPS to take them away. I mean, that's just what you're legally required to do. Clothe them, feed them, house them till they're 18 years old. That's what the world requires of you as a parent. But let me tell you something. That is no different than serving an 18-year sentence out of prison. I mean, if, you're just, if your thought of parenting is, I need to clothe them, feed them, three square meals a day for the sentence of 18 years, and maybe they'll get out at 17 with good behavior, that, then you're no better than a prison. Your job is to discipline and disciple, train up a child in the way he should go. We are to train them. We are to train them. You say, what areas should we train them in? And listen, what I'm, going to t- what I'm telling you tonight, here's the reason why most parents don't do it, because it's a lot of work. You need to train your children spiritually, obviously. You need to make sure your children get saved, and, and, and that they get baptized, obviously at the appropriate ages, and that they begin to develop a relationship with God and begin to walk with God. You need to train them spiritually as to why we do what we do and why we believe what we believe. But listen, look, that's hard enough right there. I mean, just doing that, if you would train your children spiritually, that's like more than the average parent does. But that's not enough. Not only do you need to train your, parents, your, your children spiritually, you also need to train your children emotionally. There are many grown adults who are just emotionally out of control. I mean, they're just out of control. They're, they're either, you know, just really angry or really this or really that. But you know where that comes from? It came from the fact that as children, they were never taught to control their emotions. You need to teach your children to control their emotions, to be in control of their emotions. You need to train them spiritually. You need to train them emotionally. Hey, here's one. You need to train them socially. You need to treat your kids how to act in social environments. 
and how to not be weird and how to not be awkward and how to not say things that are rude and how to be kind and respectful. You need to teach your kids to be normal. You say, or what? Or they'll grow up to be an adult that's not normal. And then they show up to church like this and then I got to teach them to be normal. Train them spiritually. Train them emotionally. Train them socially. Obviously, you need to train them educationally. You need to make sure they're actually being taught and, and educated. And obviously, we believe in homeschooling. And I'll preach a whole sermon on that at another time. Hey, you need to train your kids physically. Train your kids physically to work hard, to uh, do the things that they're supposed to do. There's all these areas that we're supposed to train our kids in. you got to take the time. Mom, you got to take the time. Dad, you gotta take the time to train them up. Now, why is it that parents don't train their kids? Here's why. Because training is a lot of work. It requires a lot of work. Go to Deuteronomy. Keep your place there in Proverbs. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6. In Deuteronomy 6 and 7, we usually use this verse to talk about homeschooling, and I'm definitely gonna use this verse when I preach on homeschooling, but I wanna just highlight something for you in this verse. Or in this passage of scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 6, notice what the Bible says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. You see that word diligently? That means it requires work. It requires time. Hey, look, when you start having children and during the season of life when you have children, you may have to stop doing certain things just so you can focus on raising your kids, because that's the most important thing that God has given you to do. Amen. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shall talk of them. I want you to just notice this word that's emphasized. Shall talk of them, notice this word, when. When. Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. When are you going to talk to your children about the word of God? When you're just sitting around at home? You should be talking to your children about the word of God. When thou sittest in thy house. But that's not it. Notice. When thou sittest in thy house. And when thou walkest by the way. And when thou riest down. And when thou risest up. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like teaching and training your children requires a lot of time. It requires a lot of when. It's, it's a full-time job. This is why the Bible says in Proverbs 29. Go back to Proverbs if you would. Proverbs 29 and verse 15. Proverbs 29, 15. The Bible says, the rod and reprove give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Look, do you, do you want to be embarrassed by your children? I don't know about you, but I don't, I, don't want, I, don't, I, I don't want to, and I'm not, embarrassed by my children. But it's always sad to me when parents are embarrassed by their children. You know, you can tell when you meet a parent and they're just like, don't talk to my kids, just go away, kid, go away, don't talk, you know, because like, their kids are just a brat. You know, the Bible says that you don't have to be embarrassed. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to always be trying to get your kids away and don't talk, don't look at anybody. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bring his mother's mother to shame. And listen, just spending time with your kids will help them. It'll help them to just be around you, to have you teach them and train them. And look, I'm all for structured training programs, and I'm all for that, and I don't have a problem with that, and I've even created stuff that we use with our kids at our house, but I'm going to tell you something. That's not even necessarily it. It's good to have structured times, but I'm just talking about throughout the day, just in life. It's good to be living life with your kids and to just be telling your kids, say, hey, that's not, don't say that. That's not nice. That's not kind. 
Don't, don't stop doing that. That's not good. You know, just teaching them and talking to them about the Word of God. Training requires time. But let me say this. Training requires talking. Amen. And I'll say this. This is probably where most dads fail. Because, unfortunately, the average man doesn't have the mental capacity to string together a few words in a coherent fashion. But some of you dads are just going to have to learn to start communicating. First of all, I'm not preaching on marriage, but it'll help your marriage if you start talking to your wife. But if you, if you can't do that or you're not motivated to do that, at least start talking to your kids. Start training your kids. You've got to talk to them. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 1. Notice what the Bible says. Proverbs 4 and verse 1. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 1. Notice what, the Psalm, what, the, what, the, what Solomon uh, writes here. He says, hear you children. Notice what he says. Hear you children the instruction of a father. And attend, not to know under, and attend to no understanding. Notice what he says in verse 2. I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law. He says, for I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. Notice what he says in verse 4. He says, he taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. Amen. You should open your mouth and talk. You should open your mouth and instruct your children. Go to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. And look, dads, you should open your mouth and speak to your children and teach them. I, I, I have memories of, some of the best memories I have of my dad. I, I just have, I don't know why, but I just have these memories of my dad just teaching me. Just, just sitting down and teaching you know, my brother and I, certain things. I don't know why I have this memory, but I, I, remember, I just have this memory of my dad just opening John chapter 1 and just teaching me from John. As a, as a little kid, I mean, I don't know how old, maybe 8 or 9 years old, I just have this memory of my dad opening John chapter 1 and reading the first seven verses of John chapter 1 and just explaining to us that Jesus was the Word. Amen. I just have that memory, and I'm just thankful that I, I have a memory of my dad. I mean, I have memories of my dad teaching us, you know, how to write a check. I have memories of my dad sitting down and teaching us about credit and how credit works and, and, and work and all sorts of different things. Hey, dad, talk to your kids. Amen. Teach them, instruct them, have conversations with them. But it's not just dads, moms too, of course. Proverbs 1 and verse 8. Notice what the Bible says. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 20. My son, keep thy father's commandments and forsake not the law of thy mother. And obviously dads go off to work and they're at work all day. So moms, a lot of this is going to fall on you. And it needs to fall on you and it should fall on you. Where you take the time, and I'm thankful uh, and, uh, for, for a wife that takes the time every day to sit down with our children before they start any, and we have a very structured and disciplined, she, has a, she runs a very tight ship when it comes to uh, uh, the homeschool day and all those things, but I'm thankful that every day they take the time to sit down and read the Bible. Amen. And I hear her instruct our kids. You know, I'm up in my office and I'm working and I'm gone uh, doing the things that I need to take care of, but I'm thankful that I can hear my wife teaching our children, instructing our children, reading the Bible with them, and giving them lessons and, and applications and helping them in their life. Look, this requires work. requires work to train your kids. It's hard work. You need to spend time with them, and you need to talk to them. You need to uh, communicate with them, and you need to uh, speak to them about 
the future and speak to them. Just yesterday, I was driving down the road with my sons, and we're talking about, uh, you know, what it's going to take for them in the future to be able, and, you know, obviously when they're 17, 18 years old, to, to purchase a vehicle and how they're going to get there and what they've got to do and how they've got to save and how they should track their savings and how they should have a goal and make it visual so they can see. And then we talked about what happens after you save up for uh, a vehicle. You need to save up to purchase a home, you know, and we're just talking about these things. Why? Because they're the things that it's our job to train and prepare them for. Amen. You say a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old? Yeah. Amen. You must discipline your children. And you must disciple your children. But thirdly, let me say this. You must delight in your children. Amen. Parents must delight in their children. Go to Proverbs 29. And here's the thing. If you don't discipline your children and you don't disciple your children, you're probably not going to delight in them. And if you're like, I don't like to be around my kids and I'd rather put the screen in front of them and send them off away so I don't have to see them or hear them. If you don't like being around your kids, it's probably because you're failing in one or both of these areas. You're not disciplining them and you're not discipling them. Because if you discipline properly and you disciple properly, you'll raise nice kids that you actually like to be around. That you actually don't mind being around. That you don't mind talking to. I, I, sometimes we just turn around and our kids are joking. And, you know, it's funny to my wife and I because we're like, at some point these kids got to the point where they're actually funny. You know, they're cracking jokes and making jokes. And, they're, you know, it's like, you know, they've got wit. And it's just fun to be around them. That's how parenting is supposed to work. Parents should delight to be with their kids, not trying to get rid of their kids, send them off to some after-school program or some daycare, just anywhere, just get them away from me. You ought to enjoy spending time with your children. Proverbs 29, look at verse 17. Proverbs 29, verse 17. Notice what the Bible says, Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight. Unto thy soul. Look, if you if you discipline your children and you disciple them, they'll you'll, they'll give delight unto your soul. You'll enjoy spending time with them. I think about Job, how Job's talked about in the book of Job, and of course we know that Job was a great man of God. He was perfect and upright, and he was a great father. And Job, obviously, he lost his children uh, as a result of, of God testing him, and you know the story of Job. But one of the things that he says in the book of Job that I really like is when he's, he's thinking back to before all the tragedies struck, and he talks about, he says, when, he says, in the days when my sons were about me. And, he's, and he talks about the days that his children were about him. The word about means that they were around him. And, and, and Job is looking back and remembering when he spent time with his children. And we as parents need to spend time with our children. Go to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Let me give you a couple of quotes. You've heard these before, but let me give them to you. One quote says this, When it comes to your family time, quantity is more important than quality. And when it comes to children, the word love is spelled T-I-M-E. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 12, the Bible says, For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. You should just enjoy spending time with your kids. Now let me just say this, when it comes to spending time with your kids, there is a difference between spending time with young children and spending time with older children. So let me just give you some thoughts in regards to that. 
First of all, when your children are young, um, it's just important to have them around you as much as possible. And the good thing about that, obviously, if you're a dad and you go off to work, you know, you're working and I work from home, but even, even at home, when I'm working, I'm spending those eight, nine, ten hours and I'm in an office away and, and they're mainly, uh, of course, with my wife throughout the day. But it's important to have your children around one of the parents all of the time. And it's important to just realize, because when they're young, they just want to be around you. And it doesn't really matter what you're doing, they just want to be around you. I mean, if, if you have young children, you know that's true. It doesn't matter if you're going to the grocery store. It doesn't matter if you're going to the bank. It doesn't matter where you're going. They want to go. They want to be there. So it's good to spend time with your kids and have them around you as much as possible. Now, when the kids get older, that kind of shifts a little bit. And that changes. All of a sudden, they don't just want to be with you all the time. And that's normal. Obviously, it's part of them growing up. But let me just say this. When your kids get older, they, they tend to want to spend less time with you. And especially when they're teens, mom and dad, if you've got teenagers in your home, it's, a, it's important for you to just train yourself. When your kid wants to spend time with you, you need to immediately drop everything and give them the time they need. Amen. Just make that a rule. Because they don't want to spend as much time with you anymore because you're just not that cool anymore. But when they want to spend time with you, you just drop everything and give them that time. You need to make them the priority. You need to just give them the time, enjoy spending time, spend time with your family, spend time with your kids, spend evenings together, spend evenings with God, spend evenings in the house of God, have dinner together, you spend time with the family. That, that is so important for your family to spend time together. Enjoy spending time with your children. Let me say this. Be gentle with your children. You need to be gentle with your children. Go back to Ephesians, if you would. Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And you know, this is very easy to do. And I'll be honest with you. I, I do this. And I've, I've got to work on this. But since you've had your children, you know, since birth, and they've been with you their whole lives... It's really easy to treat your children, to not treat your children with respect. Sometimes, you know, we as parents, we, we talk to our kids, and it's like we would never talk to anybody like that. But because they're our kids, you know, and we change their diapers, and we've been with them, you know, since ever, um, then we get this idea that it's okay for us to talk down to them, or to belittle them, or to even make fun of them or whatever. And look, obviously, you need to discipline your children. But we need to treat our children with respect. They were made in the image of God. They were lent to us from the Lord. They're the heritage of the Lord. So we need to love them and have respect for them as well. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. Notice what the Bible says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. We looked at that earlier. Notice this, But bring them up, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I want you to notice these two words, nurture and admonition, because these are the two balances. You've got to have the proper balance. The word nurture means to care for, to encourage the growth and development of. It comes from the same idea as to nourish something or to give nutrients to something. So look, my job, my wife's job, as parents, your job as a parent is to nurture our children, to care for them, 
to help them grow and develop, to nourish them, to give them the nutrients they need physically, spiritually, emotionally, all of it. We have to nurture. So here's, here's what you need to understand. Nurture has to do with how we teach them. We teach them in a compassionate way. We care about them. We care for them. But then we have to balance that with this word admonish. Admonish is what you teach them. The word admonish means to warn, to reprimand, or to give counsel. And this is the balance that God gives us. And look, all throughout the Bible, you'll find that God is a very balanced God. He's always giving us these balances. And this is the balance that we have to, that we have to strike, nurture and admonition. Because, look, it can't just be all Mr. Nice Guy, and I never say anything negative to my kids, and I never correct them, and I never do anything that's going to hurt their feelings. That, you're going to fail as a parent. But you also can't be a drill sergeant, and you're never loving, and you never care, and all you do is tell them everything they're doing wrong, and, and tell them that they're this, and tell them that. Look, you've got to have this balance where you both nurture and admonish. Look, you have to be able to tell your kids no. But you should be able to do it in a loving way. And, and, and what that means is some, sometimes it just means to not do it in a mean way. Sometimes you just have to speak clearly to your kids and say, look, here's what you're going to do. Period. End of story. You're, this is the decision that's being made. We have to warn. We have to reprimand. We have to counsel. But we should do it in a way that we nurture and admonish. That we help them uh, through their difficulties. And sometimes we have to counsel, and sometimes we have to reprimand, and sometimes we have to say, no, that's not okay. That's not going to happen. Let me say this, too, in regards to raising your children. You've got to have this rule in your house, and this rule in your mind, and it's this, that you as a parent, you need to win. You need to win all the time with your kids. When there is a conflict between you and your kids, and I'm talking about especially when they're young, when it's like they want this and you want, you have to win every time. You can't lose to your kids. You can't give in to your kids. Now, I tell parents this. Because of the fact that you have to win every time, you should also choose your battles wisely. Because I've been there at times where, you know, it's like a stressful situation, it's, a, it's this, and we've got some, uh, a little one, and, and I give some alternate, you need to do, and then it's like, as soon as I say it, you know, it's like, why did I say that? Because now I'm going to have to make sure that they do. You know, but here's the thing, look, you got to win. If it means you got to leave in the middle of the grocery store, leave a cart full of stuff, and go back home and spank them, if that's what it takes to win, then you need to win. You need to do what it takes to win every time. Your kids cannot win. It cannot be this battle of the wills where they're fighting with you and you submit to them. You are, that, that is failure. Right. You have to win every time. You need to make sure that, you, they, that, you, that they do what you said or they stop doing what you said. And if that means that you've got to leave the restaurant, if that means you've got to leave the grocery store, if that means you've got to do whatever it is you've got to do, you need to make sure you win every time. Now, let me do this, and, and, and obviously we've been talking about this idea of disciplining children. You've got to discipline, and you've got to disciple, and you've got to delight. But let me just kind of uh, uh, end the sermon with just some very, some, some very specific and practical things in regards to doing these things with your kids, disciplining them, discipling them, and delighting in them. 
Because sometimes you, you, you preach these things, you're like, you got a disciplined disciple, and it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? So let me just give you some very practical things in regards to that. And if you'd like to write these down, you can write them down. These are just some 10, ten statements. They're not alliterated, and they're not uh, whatever, but they're just some practical things that you need to have in your home, and I'm highly advising you have in your home. Number one, you need to have a routine. You need to have a routine in your home. Children need structure. They need the comfort of knowing, you know, what's coming next. And you say, when you're talking about routine, you know, I'm talking about when you wake up, when you eat, when you start school, when you go to bed, when you have lunch, when you have dinner, when you have... You you should try to keep these things as consistent as possible, and you should try to have a routine in your home. Now, obviously, like I just talked about, there needs to be a balance. Sometimes you're not going to hit the routines exactly the way you want them, and that's okay. But as long as you're living a life of structure, for the most part, that's what your kids need. What does that mean? That means you're not in your pajamas till 2 p.m. That means that you've got a plan for you, you know, when you get up and you get dressed and what you do and what's the next thing. Your kids should be able to know what uh, is the next thing uh, to, to do. Sometimes my wife is busy with events around here and she has to leave and do some things and I'm in charge of the kids or whatever and I come downstairs and I'm like, all right, it's 3 p.m., what are you supposed to be doing? And they're like, we're supposed to be doing X, Y, Z. I'm like, well, do it, you know. And, it's, and, and my wife just has this routine in, in the home. Now, look, remember, God is a God of balance. So don't take that to some awkward extreme. I remember we, uh, we, we knew a family that um, they, they couldn't come to church on Sunday nights and Wednesday night because their kids have to be in bed by 7 p.m. And it's like, look, if you can't come to church because you're so strict on your routine, then you got a problem. And if you're putting your, your you know, big old kids to bed at 7 p.m., that's a problem too. But, um, so, so have some balance. But for the most part, have a routine. Your children need structure. Children thrive off of structure. They want structure. They want the security and knowing. By the way, that's why you ought to be faithful Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Why? Because your kids need that structure. It's good for them to just have a routine that they do all the time. So have a routine. Your children need it. Number two, don't assume everything your child says to you is true. This is a big one. Don't be the parent who just thinks everything your kid says to you is gospel. It's just the gospel truth. Listen to me. Kids often lie. They lie to get their way, and they lie to get away with something. They're sinners. Foolishness is born in the heart of a child. As the sparks fly upward. I mean, they're going to try to uh, lie to get away with stuff. They're going to try to lie to get their way. And don't be the parent who just thinks that everything my kid says is true. I could never lie. You are an idiot. <laughs> if you think that your kids just don't lie and that you know, their heart is just as white as snow. Their heart is black like every other sinner's heart is black. Now, let, let me say this. Generally speaking... You should be siding with adults over your children all of the time. Generally speaking, you should, if there's like a dispute between an adult and a child, you need to be siding with the adult and with the authority all of the time. Generally speaking. Now, let me just say this. There are some some exceptions. 
There are exceptions. Obviously, you know, there are predators out there. So, you know, if your kid is telling you that some weird-looking guy is making them uncomfortable or saying things, then you need to take that seriously. So I'm not talking about that. But in general, if a grown adult is telling you, like, your kid did X, Y, and Z, and you're like, whoa, they said they didn't do it, and I believe them, you're, that is bad. Don't assume everything your child says is true. And generally speaking, you should be believing your kids. Here are the exceptions. Predators and crazies. Now, obviously, there are some people that are just crazy. So consider the source. I mean, I've had grown people lie to me, lie about me, when I've caught them in lies. And I'm just like, you're a liar, so I'm not going to believe you. If you tell, you know, whatever you tell me, uh, you know, you're going to take it with a grain of salt. So obviously, there's a balance to this. But look, generally speaking, you need to be teaching your children that you side with adults, you side with authority, and you need to be believing the adults in your life uh, over your children. Don't assume that everything your child says is true. Number three, if your child is having problems with everyone, you need to realize that your kid is the problem. Let me say this. If you're having problems with everyone, you're the problem. End of story, period. There is no other answer. Genesis 16, 12 says, and he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. You know what the Bible says? When everyone's hand is against you is because your hand is against every man. I don't know how else to break it to you. There is no conspiracy against you. There is no conspiracy against your kid. If you send your kid off to school and they're just having trouble with everybody, if they're having trouble with, if you're having trouble with everybody, you say, I can't get along with anybody at work. You're the problem. I can't get along with anybody at church. You're the problem. It's you. There's no conspiracy against you. If If everyone's hand is against you, it's because your hand is against everyone. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says let a man that has friends must show himself friendly. So if your child is having problems with everyone, you need to start looking at your kids and say, well, what are you doing wrong? What are you doing? Number four, don't rebuke other people's children. But you can't stop other people's children from doing something that's wrong or dangerous. And this is something that I try to teach here at our church. Like, look, you should not be walking up and rebuking other people's children. Don't walk up and rebuke my children, dead for sure. And I'm not going to walk up and rebuke your children. You say, what does that mean? I mean, I'm not going to walk up to your kid and be like, you stinking brat, what are you doing? You know, I'm not going to rebuke them. But if your kid is climbing on something and they could injure themselves or sticking, you know, uh, a fork into an outlet, you know, hey, yeah, tell kids like, hey, don't do that. Stop that. I mean, I stand at the main door after every service, and I'm constantly telling little kids, like, nope, 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 go to mama, go to mama, nope, nope, nope. You know, I'm not going to just let some kid walk out into the traffic and be like, well, you know, they're not my kid. <laughs> Obviously, if they're doing something dangerous, if they're doing something bad, if they're hitting another kid, I don't know how many times I walk, I walk out there or I walk over here, and there's just some, some group of boys just in a full-fledged wrestling match. And whether my boys are involved or not, I'm like, hey, you guys need to knock it off right now. You know? Now, I don't tell them, like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Go to your corner. You know, I'm not going to rebuke your kids. But look, if your kids are doing something bad, if, if kids are doing something bad, if they're being dangerous, if they're going to hurt themselves or hurt others, it's okay to say, hey, stop. Or, hey, you need to go to your parents. 
But don't sit there and rebuke them like they're your kids. So don't rebuke other people's children. That's not okay. But you can obviously stop other children from doing something that's wrong, or doing something that's dangerous, or hurting somebody, or hurting themselves. It's okay to tell kids, that, hey, you, can't, you shouldn't be doing that. Number five, never allow your children to walk up to an adult and tattle to that adult about their children. That is not appropriate. Children should be taught to go to their own parents with their problems. You should, you, you should, your kids should never do this. You should never allow this. And I'm telling you the truth. The rule at our house is if you walk up to somebody else's parent and tell them anything, you're getting a spanking. I don't care what it was about. That is not your parent. I'm your dad. That's your mom. These, these are the people that God gave you. You got an issue, you come to us. You should never allow your children to walk up to some other adult and tell them about their kid and what their kid is doing. No. Now, if your kid comes to you and tells you that there's a problem with some other kid, then obviously you need to take the time to listen to them and you need to decide if what they're doing or what's happening, if it needs to be addressed, and if you need to go to those parents, then you need to go to those parents. And sometimes there are times where you need to go to that parent, you need to say things and, and, and try to work things out. But there are also times when you need to just, it's a teaching opportunity. You just teach your kids, you know. Don't do that. Stop that. I was just thinking about this earlier. I mean, this doesn't happen anymore, but I remember there was a time with, with our sons. When they were younger, where we felt like some kids were just being kind of very rough with them and, and hurting them. And, you know, we were just telling them, like, hey, look, when they're being nice and they're playing well, play with them. And when they're not, walk away. You don't have to, be, you don't have to play with them if they're being rough and hurting you. But you need to just realize that when your kids come, it's your job to help them. So don't ignore them and say, ah, just forget it. Listen to what's going on. Maybe you have to step in. Maybe you need to address the issue. But maybe you need to teach them something or use it as a teaching opportunity. Number seven, never allow your children to be rude to other adults. Period. End of story. There is never a reason for some punk kid to be rude to an adult ever. Don't let them be rude to adults. When it happens, it needs to be corrected immediately. You say, well, what does that mean? I mean, it, it means being rude to them. It means mouthing off to them. But it also, you know, it just means being disrespectful. Hey, let me, let me help you out with something. Children should never call adults by their first name, period, ever. They need to speak to them with respect. And, and if they use somebody's first name, that's okay. But you use a title. You know, it's Brother Oliver. It's Deacon Oliver, you know, or it's Miss Joanne. But some little kids shouldn't be walking up and saying, Joanne, let's have a talk. No, you're a kid. You speak with respect. You, you need to be taught to speak right. And look, mom and dad, it's your job. Number eight, don't excuse your children's behavior. Look, it is, it is like rare to the point where it probably never happens when one person is just completely innocent and has done absolutely nothing wrong. I mean, I do marriage counseling all the time, and, and, and in, even in marriage counseling, when it's really obvious that like this person's a problem, this person's a problem, but even in, those, in such situations, there's always some responsibility that the other party can take because we're all sinners. So... Teach your children to take responsibility for their part in what's being done. And don't excuse your kid's behavior. Look, if your kid is being mean to some kid 
because that kid was mean to them, don't excuse and say, well, that justifies it. No, it doesn't. Well, they hit them because they hit them first. Well, they shouldn't have hit them. They should have came to you. you should have res- they should have resolved it with you. Teach your kids to take responsibility for their actions. Don't excuse uh, their behavior. Don't just say, well, it's not their fault. They're innocent. No, they're sinners like everybody else. Number nine, do not criticize. And I don't care if you say amen or not. Sometimes when it gets quiet, I'm like, yeah, you need this. Number nine, do not criticize others in the presence of your children. You say, why? Two reasons, a spiritual reason and a carnal reason. Why you don't want to talk crap about your pastor or your pastor's wife or the staff or other church members around your your kids. All right, I'll give you the spiritual reason that you probably won't care about, and then I'll give you the carnal reason that you will care about. Here's the spiritual reason. Number one, because they're going to do it to you. Your kids are going to mirror you. So when you sit there and just talk badly about other people, they're going to grow up to talk bad about other people, and they're going to grow up to talk bad about you. That's the spiritual reason. Here's the carnal reason, because your kids are going to come to church and tell everybody. Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 20, Curse not the king, no not in thy thoughts, and curse not the rich in thy bedchamber, for a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. That verse is where we get the little phrase, a little birdie told me. Well, let me tell you who that little birdie is. It's your kids. They come back to church and they're like, my mom said, my dad said, don't criticize others in the presence of your children because they're going to repeat it. Here's number 10. Don't enable your children if they're always playing the victim. Realize that if you feed into your kids' like victim mentality, you're going to create a victim. And if you feed into your kids' victim mentality, it's probably because you have a victim mentality. But don't enable that. I mean, I, I remember this uh, just last year at the 4th of July picnic last year. Who was at the 4th of July picnic last year? At the 4th of July picnic last year, and, and this happened in front of a lot. I mean, many of you were, were witnesses to this. But this lady walks up to my wife, and I, I, I came into this whole situation at the, at the tail end of it, and I was thankful that I was at the tail end of it. But this lady, not one of our church members, just a lady that happened to be at the park, she, she walks up to my wife and she says, your daughter and her friends are bullying my daughter. And, uh, and, and, and my wife's just like, what? You know? and, and she says, well, who, who are you talking about? And, and she's talking about Elizabeth. Which, obviously, Elizabeth, I love you. She's a sinner like anyone else. But if you know Elizabeth, she's like the most just like nicest, calm kid ever, you know. And this lady, she's like, your daughter and her friend were bullying my daughter. I mean, some of you were there. It's, it's kind of embarrassing. And, and this, this lady walks, and my wife's just like, what in the world, you know. And, and then we're like, well, what happened? And the lady just had no idea. She's like, I don't know. She's like, just bullying my daughter. So then they, she calls her the daughter, and she's like, was my daughter hitting you? And he's like, no. Was she calling you names? No. Well, how's she bullying you? They were laughing at me. Oh, man, you know, what were they laughing about? I don't know. Well, how do you know they were laughing at you? Were they pointing at you? No. What, what, so what happened? You know, these kids are on a playground. And this little girl goes on to say, your daughter and her friends were laughing, and I happened to be standing by it. And so I just assumed they're laughing at me. 
And it's like, they don't even know you. They've never even seen you. You're a stranger. You're a kid on a park. They're like playing and laughing, and you just assume that they're laughing at you. Now, that's bad enough. I mean, that just shows you that little girl is an insecure little girl, and she's probably being raised by an insecure mom. But here's the worst part. The worst part is this little girl goes to her mom and says, those girls are bullying me, and she's like, I'm going to take care of this. <laughs> and it's like, do you even talk to your kid? Do you even ask any questions? You know, and, I, and by the time my wife's done with this lady, she's all embarrassed. She's like, I'm sorry. I thought it was more serious than that. She's like trying to walk away. And then we're just like, no, lady, you're going to get a sermon right now. And it's just this idea. But look, this is how parents parent their kid. We're just like, my kids are innocent. They do nothing wrong. And I'm going to protect. Hey, don't buy into and enable your children's victim mentality. You know what that little girl needs to be taught? Just because people are laughing doesn't mean they're laughing about you. It's not all about you. It's not. They're just girls and they're playing. They don't even know you. They're not even looking at you. Realize that if you feed into your kid's victim mentality, look, you're going to raise a monster. You need to teach your children that the world's not about them, that life's not about them, that they're not the center of the universe. You need to teach them that, look, sometimes we just have to deal with things and we have to be mature. And if you think that they're talking, they're not, why don't you go walk up to those girls and ask them, hey, what are you laughing about? They'd probably be like, oh, we're laughing about this. You want to play with us? That lady's just raising a monster. You're going to raise a monster. Go, go to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23. So we as parents, and you know, I'm thankful that I came in at the tail end of that because I was just like, man, these people do not need to see their pastor just start yelling at this crazy lady. And obviously my wife was very calm and collected. It's just, it's crazy to me that parents would act this way. Proverbs 23, 24. Proverbs 23, 24. Parenting can and should be a blessing. Proverbs 23, 24 says, The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. You say, how do you get there? Here's how you get there. You discipline, you disciple, you delight. You discipline your children. You spend time with them. You teach them. You train them. You enjoy spending time with them. You have them around you. And the Bible says that the father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. You know, my goal is to enjoy, and I hope this is our prayer, that my wife and I can enjoy our adult children, that we can have a friendship and a relationship with adult children that are walking with God. You should be able to uh, rejoice in the work that you've done with your children. A wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad. And she that bear thee shall rejoice. Go to Isaiah 54. You're there in Proverbs. Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah. Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54 and verse 13. And look, when that lady walked up to us, it's not like we were like, my daughter's perfect, she'd never do that. We're like, wow, really? Let's find out what happened. Let's ask some questions. We start asking questions, and it's real obvious. It's like, you're crazy, and you're crazy, raising a crazy. Isaiah 54, verse 13. But you know what? You say, well, what would you have done if, you're, if, if, if 
She just said like, yeah, you know, they're laughing at me, they're calling me this, you know, and they're pointing at me. If, what would you have done if it would have been true? We would have gone home and spanked her daughter. Because that's what parents do. They don't put their head in the sand and just think that their kids are perfect and there's nothing. If your kids were perfect, then why did God give you to train them? Isaiah 54, verse 13. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. That's your goal. When your kids are born, from the time they're born to the time they leave your house, whatever that means, 20, 18, whatever that, 24, whatever that means, your goal is this, that all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read this for you. 3 John 1, 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And look, I'm, we're raising our kids. I'm not sitting here telling you my kids are perfect. They are sinners. And, you know, I'm sure that as soon as the service is over, one of them is going to go break something. Everyone's going to be like, oh, see? <laughs> my kids are sinners. Your kids are sinners. But, you know, our goal, here's our goal. Our goal is to love them, spend time with them, Train them, discipline them, watch them flourish for the Lord, and say, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. That's what every parent's goal should be. To be able to look up and say, I trained up my child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he did not depart from it. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for giving us the blessing of raising children. And Lord, I know it's hard. I know it takes a lot of time and energy and money. But Lord, help us to be parents that are consistent, consistent in our discipline, consistent in our disciple, in our discipling of our children, consistent in our devotion to our children, our delight of our children. Lord, help us to raise some great kids that will live for you. I realize that kids are sinners. And they're going to make mistakes. They're going to do foolish things. And it's our job to try to correct them and help them. But Lord, I pray you'd help us to be parents that are putting in the work, the time, the energy, the effort to raise these children for the Lord. In the matchless name of Christ, we pray. Amen.